Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a roundtable conversation about all things pop culture with members of the But Why Though writing staff. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined this week by Jason. Hello, glad to be here. And Adrian. Hey, how's it going? Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about letting people hate things is kind of the short version of it, or rather kind of the the validity and importance of negative reviews or just like negative, like not liking things in general. It doesn't even have to be as a critic, just the idea of like, not everything's for everyone. Some people aren't going to like stuff and that's fine and normal and healthy. We're going to get into it. Uh, but first the news, because there's always a lot going on uh, this time we're zeroing in on one thing, which is, I mean, I think it's kind of major news. Adrian, you'll probably have a much better perspective on it because I'm not nearly as, as in the loop on star Wars stuff, but Dave Filoni is now chief uh, creative officer. Is that what it is? Of, Disney, of of Star Wars, of Lucasfilm. Yeah, Lucasfilm, yeah. He was pr- previously the executive executive creative director, which I don't really, like, know, like, what the main difference is other than the yeah. fact that he's, like, basically doing more formally what he has been doing for the last few years. So in an um, interview with Vanity Fair, I just pulled kind of, like, the loose quotes for it. But he, he says, now I'm what's called chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought in, and I would see it after it had already been developed. Uh, a good ways in this role it's opened up to basically everything that's going on when we're mm. planning for the future of what we're doing now i'm involved in the inception phase i'm not telling anyone what to do but i feel like i'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell i need to help across uh, the galaxy here like part of the jedi council almost literally hours uh, hours now of star wars telling that i've done um yeah so definitely lots of um speculation for the future of what that means you know is he going to be having his hand in everything does that include the high republic does that include mm-hmm. um like because of, of the shows that are coming out for the high republic does that include all three films that are, are like all three of the films that are going to be mm-hmm. coming out you know like what like, well, what how much input is he going to have um i think there's a couple of different camps in this a if you like dave filoni you're probably happy um yeah. If. Well, so I, I was going to ask about that because I, I know that he's beloved largely, but I get the impression he not not everyone's cup of tea. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, like like anything with Star Wars, there's people who love it, people who love to hate it. And I think um, if you are a person who didn't like Disney Star Wars before, you know, Disney Plus and everything, you probably still don't. And you're probably still like, oh, now this guy who did the Clone Wars and did that Ahsoka show mm. that I hated is going to be chief executive officer or chief uh, creative officer. Gotcha. Uh, so you're probably unhappy there. Um, I think one camp is probably is optimistic. They love, they love the clone wars. They love um, mm-hmm. Ahsoka. They love, you know, this Mandoverse that, that he's been, been heading for, for, for a little bit. Um, and then the other camp is probably just like unhappy. And they're like, ugh, more Disney star Wars stuff. But I think that, the majority of people just aren't going to care <laughs> like, as long as yeah, they or, have... or even notice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a, a really big vocal minority. And I think that because there's nothing to talk about for star Wars, this thing came up and like him shifting over a couple of uh, words in his title of the things that he's already been doing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't come as that much of a shock, but I think it's just a way for people to be like, ah, oh, I knew it. This is just going to be more worse things for star Wars, which I think kind of like falls in line with what we're going to be talking about today. But for me personally, I mean, I like Dave Filoni. I like his projects. I like the things he does. I don't mm-hmm. love everything, um, obviously. But I think for a long time, he's been in this kind of role of what George Lucas did for him, 
when he was doing the Clone Wars uh, at Star Wars Celebration last or this past year, he was very like adamant about that process of creating the Clone Wars and creating the Bad Batch and doing all those things mm-hmm. with the Clone Wars 20, 20 year anniversary going on this year. And he was real praising of George Lucas of like really kind of like helping him through that process, that creative process, not necessarily like getting his own input or anything like that, but it's like helping him through the process, going through the ropes, helping him be, mm-hmm. you know, what he is today. And from what I can see and what I've, from all the interviews that I've read with him, that kind of seems like what he's trying to do. He's trying to take that George Lucas route where he will give ideas, whatever the case is. But my hope is that he kind of just like lets other writers take those ideas and kind of run with them. I think if you're looking at the high Republic era of of that storytelling i think it's very very good in, in a lot of ways and very very excited for the show and i wouldn't i don't want to say like dave filoniing up my star wars but i don't want mm-hmm. necessarily see the things that he necessarily does in in the high republic i think it's just like a different era of star wars but i would love for to see him help people make those shows make those things come to life because he's shown that he can do those things in a, in a in a pretty high regard, regardless of the the discourse that exists mm-hmm. in Star Wars for anything that comes out, even if it's amazing. Yeah, and it, it sounds like he's wanting to take a little bit of a hands off approach, where he's just coming in to see how it's going and to tune things up, not to inject his. I don't want to say not inject his vision because I'm sure that to some degree he has like this is the big picture foundational stuff I've laid out. Don't break it, but to not like come in and take over like he's not trying to commandeer productions to be his show yeah, um, and that'll what, allow those people to to do that or at least that's what he's promising yeah i mean that's what it sounds like to me from from everything that i've i've read so far and you know just working alongside kathleen kennedy and you know carrie beck mm-hmm. and um i think just distributing the, the responsibilities a little bit more so it doesn't all just fall on uh kathleen kennedy and you know carrie beck for yeah. that development side and production side cool. of the, the whole thing Filoni is literally the like chosen successor to the Star Wars throne by George Lucas. Like, yeah, Lucas was involved in the first few seasons of the Clone Wars. He worked really closely with Filoni. Filoni was his favorite lad. It was always going to be him that would carry on whatever projects came afterwards, because that's like. That's who worked the closest with with Lucas yeah. in the beginning, and yeah, for the last twenty years. You like know. my 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 opinion on it all is that like, Filoni's a good ideas guy for the most part. He has lots of really great ideas and understanding of what makes Star Wars tick. I don't personally see him as an execution person. I think that mm. all of the episodes of every show he's involved with that he directs are the worst episodes of every season. <laughs> um. Which is not to say that they're always like bad, but I think it's yeah. often better when he is someone that is in this kind of role where he can oversee projects, oversee trajectory, and be able to give creative input as opposed to just being the one that also executes on everything. I think too that like he he just he has a lot of like hobby horses. He has things that he just gets really fixated mm-hmm. on. And then he has that J.J. Abrams disease of can't actually finish it. <laughs> and everything yeah. just is always, I mean, it's, it's the it's way of all pop culture these days. Yeah. That nothing has an ending and it will go on forever and never be satisfying, at least to me. Which is not to say that he's a bad choice for this role or that the role mm-hmm. that he's being put in is bad for him. It's just kind of, he is a part of that 
trend and i don't like that trend like i don't yeah that's why i didn't like ahsoka it had seven thousand threads that were all really cool and then didn't culminate in anything because it's just mm-hmm. what comes next that's why i don't like a lot of the more recent marvel stuff it's got really cool stuff going yeah. on but it just feels dissatisfying and he's a big ideas person and just ne- I, I don't always see the execution at the end of it um which mm-hmm. you know doesn't make for bad yeah. content i enjoy watching yeah. it yeah. for what it is it's just not it's not all that i wish it could be all the time yeah and i mean maybe it'll help that it's you know if they kind of do divorce it where it's like you are the ideas person these are the um executioners for lack of it or executors for lack of a better word um i mean and that was kind of like that's kind of what made the original trilogy great right was like lucas had these ideas and other people were there to tell him yes and no to the good ones um and then we got a pretty great trilogy so maybe that's the star wars secret sauce is you need a guy who's pumping out ideas but ultimately does not have his hands on the steering wheel Look, I'm also someone who, like, I love Star Wars. It's one of my favorite franchises, but I don't think there's such a thing as a good Star Wars movie. I think they're all bad movies, and they're just cool ideas. So take all of my opinions with a little grain of salt Honestly, in that, in that I regard. Hadn't considered, I hadn't considered that perspective that Star Wars, like, rule of cooled itself into people thinking they're good movies. But next time I watch them, I will use that lens and see how I feel about your your theory there. I'll like you know there are parts of especially the oh parts of it that are handled well trilogies that are good obviously there are things that are revolutionary about much of it but are they all like great movies especially Star Wars the original one is that like a great movie I don't know (laughs) but it's a really cool idea and heck yeah for coming up with it and for all of the ways that uh this is my opinion but like (laughs) I just like the idea of Star Wars more than the content itself most of the time and yeah. Sometimes that's enough for me too, though. I'm just like glad to be basking in the universe, even if all of the details yeah. aren't always perfect in the end for me. It's fun that we got space wizards with laser swords. Like that's a cool sentence, and it's a real thing. Yeah. Now we have flying space whales. I do think that this is a good transition to the main topic of letting people hate things and letting people have hot takes that maybe your favorite thing isn't the best thing that's ever happened. Um, and that is, yeah, just letting letting people hate things and. Um, I don't even remember what inspired this. It was probably something I saw on Twitter. Um, but there is this thing of like being a critic means that you sometimes are critical and you don't have something good to say on a work. Um, or even if you do have something nice to say, it's still like you're giving it a negative review. Um, and sometimes things just aren't for you. Like very simply you watch it. You're like, I see what people like. I didn't care. Um, But like with all of that, the internet has also amplified every thought and feeling and given us all platforms and megaphones. And so like you can get shouted down for your negativity. So yeah, like critic or otherwise, like letting people hate things, just what are your guys' sort of initial thoughts on this topic? I'm a professional hater. (laughs) Yeah, I was good. I I didn't know if you wanted me or Jason to go first. You know. Oh, anyone. Uh, Do we all want to say something that we hate? To start this off, just like okay, a real moment yeah, yeah. Of, of truth and vulnerability. Like the thing I hate the most in like pop culture media, is, is that what we're talking about? Or just, like- just, just something that you're like, I don't like this and I know other people do, but it's important that people let me not like it. Like for me, oh, here's one for me, because I feel like Adrian, we might butt heads on this. I did not like Fast 10. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. 
Oh no! I, yeah, we're gonna butt heads on that. Yeah. I, no, I, yeah, I didn't like Fast like, Nine. I, I, I didn't like Fast Nine. I thought Fast. Nine I mean, was Fast Nine. Fast Nine atrocious. was like. So actually, I should say, I Fast Nine and Ten is a combination because Ten is where for me I'm like, this is actually fully parody at this point. Like, it's like they realized that people knew it was a parody, and so they started like pointing out everything, and it it was just too much. Having the villain say, "I hate barbecues." Like, I don't need, like, that's dumb. Oh, that's I a perfect it. line for a Fast and no, the Furious I, movie in context. It was, it was too much. That's, that's it was great. too much for me. I that's That it. was too much. I, too much for me is having Cardi B come on screen and be like, you'll ne- you'll have no problem finding them now is literally how she delivered oh, no, the line. That was and also then I was very like, why, bad. why is this here? Why, why that is whole, this here? Give me Kevin Hart on a plane took me out instead of, of – of, because of, of, that, that for me, that was a moment of like, all right, we're just throwing people in here for no reason now. We're, we're just doing whatever. Yeah. No, but yeah, like Fast 10, like I watched it and was like, this is – this franchise has become too much. Batman like, with Superman is the worst comic book movie I think I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Do people do, – well, no, no, people, yeah, no, I, no, 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 no. Again, again, the majority of people love that movie. The majority of my friends love that movie. That movie no. is awful, and no one can ever tell me otherwise. It's what I will say about that movie. The extended cut makes it better, but it does not make it a good movie. <laughs> Look, man, Martha, hearing the word Martha triggered me for months after. Still does. Why'd you say that name? Yeah. Why did you say that name? <laughs> All this buildup, and they stopped fighting because their moms have the same name. I didn't think anything of it at the time, and I still don't really get why people get mad about it's it. It's so they set up this whole movie of these dudes fighting, all this conflict, and they're like, they just stop fighting just because their moms have the same name. And then Wonder Woman well, is thrown in there randomly, and they're just like, "Oh, do you know her? Nope, I don't know her." It's just, it just, it just you hate sense. Wonder Woman. Yeah, the movie just makes mm. no sense, and they wasted. Hey, wait, do you hate the Wonder Woman movie? Is that the thing that you hate? <laughs> No, I was gonna say the thing that I hated. I think I, I think I've decided that I hate 1990s Tom Hanks. Interesting. Oh, wow. Or, or I should say 1990s romantic comedy Tom Hanks. Okay, yeah, that's, that's okay. So yeah, yeah. um, like like Forrest Gump like is fine. Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan. Not not what I mean. I mean yeah. like because those are the first two that came to my head, and I was like, no, Sleepless way. in Seattle. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm talking about like romantic lead Tom Hanks. I've watched many romantic lead tom hanks movies recently and oh boy he he's just not a nice person why was america so attracted to him why was america so attracted to so many men like him in the 90s i don't get it It drives me it's driving me crazy tom hanks has always been i like i think if you look back at his movies other than when he was like in his early 20s he's always been kind of like avuncular as a person and that doesn't scream rom-com to me it's like no, no no you you have uncle energy that is your defining thing like you are just this like goofy nice enough guy casting you as a romantic lead i think i can get behind that not making any sense but here's the thing he's actually he's actually not a nice guy <laughs> he's just not nice he's actually oh pretty... you mean like a, like as a person not no, like, like, as, like i mean yes it's people all say that he's not a very nice person but i mean like in these movies he's not nice <laughs> Mm. why do people fall for him i don't get it there's like and then i because i also watched uh groundhog day recently and i'm like bill murray not a nice guy in this movie no not at all why was america obsessed with mean men in the 90s like oh aren't we still obsessed with like mean men they just have to be more attractive now yeah i guess yeah in a different (laughs) way (laughs) yeah 
Tom Hanks. Uh, okay, <laughs> that, so, was, that was one out of left field. I think that does make you a professional hater there, Jason. I love it. Yeah. So now that we've all named the things that we want to be allowed to hate, what are your kind of initial thoughts and feelings on this topic? I, I think hating things, I think, is entirely personal preference. Right. So it's hard to argue against people not liking things. Like I can't argue against you not liking Fast and the Furious 10, you know, because no one likes any of these mm-hmm. movies. I say this, but they make a bunch of money. So I don't, I don't know. Someone someone likes them, but I'm never going to argue the merits of a Fast and the Furious movie to someone who doesn't like them. It feels like a waste of time. Yeah. It feels like I can't I can't take out the way that this movie in this franchise makes me feel and make you feel it. Because I think if you did, you would understand like why I like that mm-hmm. thing, and I think hating works a lot of the same ways, um, a, a lot of the same ways. And I think that hate also kind of gets a little, and this might be for for a different part of our conversation, but I think hate gets uh, cast as like if you don't like this thing, you hate it and you're terrible. And I think my example for something like this that we'll talk about later is the Last Jedi. I don't like the Last Jedi. I don't hate it the way that I hate Batman v Superman, you know. But there's. Mm tons of mm-hmm. things in there that I just don't like. I just don't like, and I'll I'll die on that hill. I've had many conversations about the things that I don't like. No one's been able to, like, help me see the other side of it because I think I mean, we've been talking long enough, I think, uh, yeah. for you specifically, Alex, like, on podcasting. I'm pretty good. You tell me something, and if it, it fires with me, I'll, I'll switch sides. I'll stop hating. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go the other way. But there's just some things I think are just, like, so ingrained in, like, the personal preference that it's just really that, hard to that have that movie. Is a good example. I don't know that I have ever seen anybody switch sides on that movie after a discussion about it. I I have seen people say the longer I sit with it personally and privately, my feelings have changed. But I've never seen two people argue over that movie and actually move the other one an inch. Yeah, it's never, it's never happened for me. I, I just stopped talking about it um, in in conversation. But um, I think. And there's a lot, I think, I personally think that my reasons are validated for for not liking a lot of the things in that movie. But again, that's a personal thing. So it's really hard to find those things. I think you have yeah. to find stuff that's like, like Betty White. If you hate Betty White, like what did Betty White do to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's things like that. But in media, I think it's really, really, really tough to have those conversations unless it's like egregiously bad. Yeah, I get that. I I called myself a professional hater because... It's funny and because I have a great capacity to dislike things that most people like or to like things that people dislike. I don't actually really feel like I hate a lot of things like hate, hate. I Mm -hmm. I, even just like 1990s romantic lead Tom Hanks. I like a lot of the things about those movies or about him in those movies. I'll find Mm -hmm. redeeming qualities in most things. So I, I have a theory on this. And and maybe this is uh, skewed by living in the Pacific Northwest. So if if I'm wrong on here or if it doesn't match up with your experiences, correct me. In the early 2010s, there was this whole like hipster, it's not cool to be earnest. You can only like things ironically movement. Like that was just a thing. Like people listen to, you know, whatever music because it's funny to listen to it, not because they act like, you know, everything's masked, everything's ironic. And that was at the same time that Twitter was really ramping up. So we have this like explosion of opinion and people being loud online while also people coming out of that irony and into it's cool to be earnest. And when those things combined, that's where we get this like, it's not okay to hate things you know, you're wrong to give a negative review or whatever. But I feel like that like irony 
era of the early 2010s, like this is sort of like a, you know, 15 year later or 13 year later fallout of that. Does that make sense? Does that track with what you guys observed culturally back then? 100%. You could not like things unironically. Irony's dead, but it's it's a weird thing where earnesty, like honesty, emotional vulnerability are paramount among like only half of the people and everyone yeah. else doesn't want to hear your opinion, doesn't want to hear your honesty at all. And that side seems to win out more or more of the time in the hmm. the public sphere, at least in the, in the, in the popular culture. Cause like, you know, in my own world and people around me, like we're, we're, we're being, we're being real all the time in a way that we certainly weren't 10 years ago, but the blue checks certainly don't want to hear your feelings. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you mentioning that just, Oh, whenever anyone talks about like what, Twitter is doing or like what like the internet is doing about like these conversations. I always think back to, 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 but why though point 1.0 when Matt would talk about like how the, how small like that percentage, like statistically like how small like that conversation oh, is. It's, it's, yeah, it's nothing. so, it's so <laughs> nothing. It's so nothing. So I think that the way we have the conversations is almost as important as like why we hate those things to begin with. Because if I have a conversation with you two about why I hate something, I think that's a much different conversation it goes much differently than if i have that conversation on twitter than whether i even even if even if we even if we three had that conversation in a uh discord chat or twitter chat or whatever whatever chat you Mm want to say i think that conversation goes much differently and whenever i've had the conversations about even like the last jedi in person they typically go a lot better because people are talking to real people and the the emotion of it i think is a lot less when you're talking to somebody in person about something that they love and you hate so you have to like find that that common ground which is why i think like all these toxic fanboys who who legitimately hate things i don't think that any three of us legitimately hate anything the way that yeah. some of these people who talk about it, the way that they talk about things online right i and hate even ketchup. Those... okay well i mean that's I don't. I mean, I don't even know what to do with you there, buddy. Ketchup's great. <laughs> I love ketchup. Spicy ketchup. Whataburger spicy ketchup. Come on, man. Uh, but you know, I think even those people wouldn't have those same kind of conversations if you had them in person. So I think that the way we have the conversations about the things that we hate, I think is is as is as or even more important than why we even hate or like these things to begin with. There's a lot of times where I don't want to share my opinions about stuff or engage in conversation, even just like in a Discord channel. Because yeah. while I know most people, especially in real life, but like plenty of people online are interested in conversation about stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that there's going to be those people that are going to come around and be like, Psh, can't believe that you feel this way about this thing. You're wrong for feeling that way. Yeah. Or because honestly, most of the time I have an opinion about something and want to share it. It's negative. And <laughs> It's like because I'm a professional hater and I can't help it, but people people either don't want to hear your negative opinions about the things they like or they like just want to talk about how awful this thing is. And if you want to say that you liked it, <laughs> they don't want to hear it. There's just it's all. Yeah, it's all the extreme one side or the other and and not enough room for being able to just have an opinion, have a conversation and and see the merits and demerits alike. I feel like, and this is 
maybe th- this actually feels like a fair thing to say. I'm more interested in negative opinions in that negative opinions with justifications associated. Um, they're more constructive. It's a, it's a more interesting conversation than someone being like, I liked that because the colors were fun. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, but somebody being like, Hey, I actually hated that movie because the coloration was completely washed out, made action untrackable. You know, Michael Bay films, interesting action sequences, but when it's transformers, it's just piles of gears hitting each other and you can't tell who's what, like, you know, I'm like, I'm more interested in hearing someone break down what they didn't like. Um, not that I'm not interested in hearing what people did like. I should I should be clear on that. Like I I'm especially if something didn't connect with me, I'm interested to hear why it did connect with people. But no, yeah. Um, I, I I think you hit it on the head right there of I, I if I didn't like something, tell me why. Like what what did I miss? Did I miss something? Or if if mm-hmm. someone liked something that I didn't like, like tell me. Like what like what, what were the, like let's have a conversation about it. My wife and I do this pretty often because my wife likes most things. There isn't a lot of things that she's just like, oh, that wasn't good. Um I think I think the Hunger Games movie is the the one the newest Hunger Games movie is the one I think the most about. I didn't really like it. I didn't have a good time watching that movie, but she loved it, and I was like, "Well, tell me why like you love this movie." Yeah. So maybe I can find another perspective on like what what that is because I don't want to go in things hating things. You know, when I go to the mm-hmm. movies, when I spend money on movies, I want to go in there and liking it. And if there's something like with me and the way that I look at this thing, or maybe I've just been a critic too long, or like what whatever the case is, I'm always open to hearing why people like things more. Um. And having that conversation on like why I didn't like it, I think has to be with like the right person, right? So I can I can tell my wife I didn't like this thing because X Y Z. She's like, oh, okay, well you have this other context. That's why you didn't like this yeah. thing. And I think that's a lot of the context of why when it comes to you know superhero properties, uh, Star Wars properties, sci fi mm-hmm. properties. I think a lot of it comes to that of a lot of the reason why people don't like things because it's not the way that they expected it to be. Um, from their own personal experiences or uh, from from the other media that that it comes from. And I think people who don't have that, which is the majority of the people, are going to go in and they're going to like that. They're going to they're, they're gonna be okay with the colors. They're going to be okay with the fact that it's just robots punching each other. Um, so I think it's hard to separate that, that kind of critic mentality of like, well, I washed everything out and nothing was like viewable. But I mean, the normal person who goes to see that on a Friday night after a long work week just wants to see robots punch each other and that's all they came to see. It just makes it tricky because you have to to ha- to feel that freedom to like and dislike things you need to find people who also want to engage the fact that you like and dislike things and people who you want to engage similarly i think that's the biggest part man and i know i mentioned it before but i think you have to have the right conversations with the right people because one of my uh, mm-hmm. most favorite people beth i don't think you're listening to this because you don't listen to podcasts but he's someone who when something happens in star wars he's the first person i text other than like my wife. Okay. Like he's the first person I text. Um, and he loves The Last Jedi. And I don't really. And we've had plenty of conversations trying to have the other person see the other thing. And every conversation ends civilly. And I don't know if every conversation ends civilly like that on other on, on the internet. Or if you even no. feel like you have the ability to end a conversation civilly on the internet about these things. And because well, never of like even starts because it's not, gonna <laughs> yeah, be you know, first yeah, because, cause like, like, like what you said, Jason, it's, it's binary. Did you like it or did you not like it? It's never, what did you like? What did you, what didn't you like? And I love that you said that because that, that would, that would be the question that that's the question that me and my wife have on the way home from, from the movies we go see. What'd you like? What didn't you like? Cause there's always, there's going to be something you didn't like. Of course there is. Yeah. There's always going to be something you didn't like. Like it's just how we are as, as people and judgmental people. 
Um, so I think that that conversation, maybe prefacing the conversations first there of what did you like? What didn't you like? Maybe will help in yeah. those conversations with other people of um, I, I, I like this, but there's definitely things I didn't like. I hated this, but there, here are things I didn't like. Maybe getting away from that binary of like it was terrible and I hated mm-hmm. it. Yeah, except for I, Batman. Except for Batman v Superman, movie's awful. Nothing good about it. Sorry. <laughs> you you didn't like Lex Luthor? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. I feel like what we're learning here is that disliking things is best done in community. Like for sure. In a in, in a sarcastic but very real way. Like, and and I think it's also a question of like how are you expressing your dislike for things? And maybe that's why we see so much on the internet of that is because everyone. There's a, and this is a hyperbole in and of itself, but like everyone kind of leans into hyperbole when talking about stuff. This is the best Marvel movie ever. This is the worst Star Wars show ever. And it's like, yeah, I haven't seen the Marvels yet, but the way that the people who don't like that movie are talking about it, like this is the worst thing Marvel's ever done since like Thor 2 Dark World. And that, to me, seems insane in 2023 that they're going to put out a movie that's worse than like early. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, and, and how does that change your view of the movie going into it, right? Like, you have half the camp saying it's terrible, half the camp saying it's okay. So, like, where do you go? Like, when you're going to a movie, you know, this is a question for both of you. Like, well, when you're in a movie, like, what do you do? You put that completely out of your head, or are you thinking about, oh, this person who I respect their opinion said this movie was bad or good. So, how do I feel about it going into it? Well, kind of impossible to completely put people's opinions out of their head, obviously, because. Once you hear them, you can't unhear it. I try to think about why that person has that opinion, which, like, just generally something I enjoy about reading people's criticism, talking about things, is because I it's it's a way of understanding like how people think, way of understanding what people's experience and background is that lead them to the opinions they have, and so. I try to think like, okay, who is this person? Why do they dislike it? Why do they really like it? So that helps shape like my expectation because I can say, oh, well, I feel I have the same experience as this person or the same opinions on these things as this person. So that means that I might feel similarly or I completely disagree with this person every time this topic comes up. So I'm going to ignore their opinion and (laughs) just go see it for myself and see what happens this time. Because I think that is the closest thing I can do to to getting out of the opinion bubble. Totally. Yeah, I I think I'm in the same spot of like, I can't ever fully erase it. I think what I tried, like if I'm going into a movie theater, I'm like, I was excited about this enough to spend money on it. So I'm going to go into it with an open mind. Like, Uh, and, and that's kind of the most I can do. And then, you know, afterwards trying to sit with my own thoughts on it for a bit before going and reading reviews. Um, and when I go read reviews, don't just look for things that confirm what I thought, you know, like if I read a comic and I'm like, this is a phenomenal comic, I don't want to just go look for other people who are praising it. And if I do, I want to read why they're praising it, you know, seeing if we're on the same page. Um, and and I think it's, you know, it all always comes back to that matter. Like we've been talking about is like, why do you feel the way that you feel? Like it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's a thumbs up, a thumbs down, but like that thumb has a fingerprint and that, you know, that's kind of what I'm more interested in is, you know, I can see the way you're orienting it, but like what goes into that? What, what was the thought process? Um, 
Because I, I, I think the big thing here is like part of letting people hate things is valuing their opinion and or valuing opinion in general and valuing discourse. Um, you know, art ultimately is it means what it means to the individual often, but you know, there's consensus can still be a thing and dissent is still a thing. Um, and I think that that's kind of what makes that's what makes this fun, like doing this podcast, talking to you guys about about shows and movies and um, texting my friends about something that we are all going to go see or that we all listen to. Like, that's that's what makes it worth it. Like, that's that's such an engaging and rewarding part of it to me. No, I agree. I think that's why our discord works so well. Um, whenever there's like a big show coming on, we have like a spoiler chat where we go and we talk about the things. So every single episode after I watch something that I know that like everyone else is watching, I 100 percent go to the discord to see what other people's thoughts are one. Cause I think like you said, uh, Alex, you, you support what their opinions are. Right. So when, you know, Swara and Kate hate the Marvels, but Jason, a professional hater says it's okay. I'm like, ah, okay. Well for me, I want to go see you. See, see what side of the camp I'm on. I'm on. Cause those are two, like those are voices that I respect in their opinions of things. Same way when, when the discord happens, people don't like Ahsoka. And they say the reason why they don't like Ahsoka. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a valid that's a valid reason, and I can't really refute that. Didn't hit that way for me. Um, yeah, so I, I think having those people is is super super helpful, especially in this conversation of having a because you can't you can't not have these conversations, but you can have them in a way that is beneficial for everybody where everyone walks away. And you're like, okay, that was your opinion. Mm-hmm. That was your opinion. Again, this is just movies and TV. It's not the end of the world, right? Like you not liking this movie isn't going to like, make me think you're a terrible person. Uh, so coming in with that mindset, I think super, super important. Like you said, Alex, this is something I do think about a lot though. Like we were sort of talking about it, but like how much pre hate, Fills people's opinions yeah. before they even see something, play something, consume something. Yeah. And like, because, you know, we have absurd amounts of access to information. Mm-hmm. We know too much about the people that create the things that we consume. We can interact with them in ways that you never could before. And so it's it's easier than ever to just hate a thing before you even can consume it. And I'm curious, just like, I don't know what, what we do with that, how, how we guard ourselves against being free haters. Yeah. I, I think it's hard for, for us here in this conversation and even like the people in this, this network that we're a part of. Um, Cause you can't just like not go see the thing. Right. Because you have to go watch this yeah. thing. I think the normal person doesn't like that thing. Doesn't go watch it. And you, you avoid this whole like vicious cycle of like having to, and I wonder if it's that, like, are we just like involved in this community? So we have to like watch things we don't like more than, than, than we would like uh, a lot of the time. And we just have to go in there with those preconceived notions of like, ugh, this is going to be a slog going to watch this. You know, I don't, I don't want to put down the Marvels. I haven't seen it yet, but I imagine a lot of people who don't like the Marvels went into that movie already thinking that they weren't going to like it from what all the other previous things that those characters have been in. So I think it's super hard. I think I think it's a hard question to ask uh, people who do critic work versus like the normal person who just goes to go see robots punch each other. I think about it a lot with like the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie where I don't like her movies. I don't like her attitude toward like a, a not like as a person like I don't like her worldview uh, generally. So I like 
created on the movie before there was even anything mm. before there were even was that weird trailer they did with the air force thing oh yeah and then i really was hating on it but that also at least was like a reason but like i don't know this movie's probably never even going to come out but i'm like i don't want to see it just because of these couple of things mm-hmm. and i guess because i was going to say before like i don't know i feel like i'm pretty good about not falling into the pre-hate trap but i guess i i probably have my my spots like that you're a professional hater uh, i don't think that you cannot have (laughs) some kind of hate going (laughs) in (laughs) but but it's fine you know that it just is what it is like there's valid reasons to go into i mean i think i think that a lot of people have valid reasons for like not liking things before they go into them my my pushback to that was why are you engaging in this content uh i think the one for me that stands out is uh the velma show I love Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo was one of my favorite properties yeah. like of all time. I know people don't like Scrappy-Doo. I know the internet hates Scrappy-Doo, but Scrappy-Doo was my dude. I love Scrappy-Doo back in the day. He was he was dope. But I am not watching Velma. I'm just not doing it. I saw a clip on Twitter. Yeah. I was like, I'm not. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not engaging with this content because I know I'm going to hate it. And oh, I, yeah. And, and I've said this, this many times over the years that the whole reason why I don't like horror movies is I'm not, I don't want to spend money to be scared. I don't want to spend money to have nightmares. I don't want to spend money to have these kind of experiences. So if I know scary movie two freaked me out as a kid, signs messes me up to this day. I I, I love space. I have a vast fear of my, my alien nightmare dreams are some of the worst dreams I, I ever have because of that movie just traumatize the hell out of me and i don't want i don't want that i want to be i want to look at space and be like oh space space is cool space is awesome Although i gotta say you know and that, if you haven't seen slaughterhouse that's my horror movie jam right now no all right I, 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 it's not it's not scary it's just a slasher with a sloth oh that's like fun that. okay see yeah. see that 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 gets me going i'm going in there with some not perceived hate or that i'm not gonna you know i think i'm gonna go in there and like that but yeah, I think it's just like you know, you you pay for the kind of, like you 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 ingest the kind of especially these these days, right? No one's forcing you to watch these things. You can especially this mm-hmm. day where there's so much user service, you could have turned it off. You could have stopped doing it and went to go do something else. No one is making you watch these things. So I don't know if just being in this critic space just like adds an extra lens of like why is everybody watching these things that they hate? Or if it's mm-hmm. just like people just love hate watching stuff. I personally don't. I if, think, I, if I don't like I it, think Velma I'm done. got hate watched into a season two. I also oh, think yeah. that's that's the case. I'm not a hate watcher. I I know what I don't like as genres. Uh, I'm not a hate player. Like if if it's a like especially with games. Like if it's a kind of game I won't enjoy, I'm not gonna pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like most like card battling games. Like yeah. it just doesn't interest me. I respect them. It's just not the thing I'm into. I don't like horror movies. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not I was gonna, like go out of my way to watch things I know I'm going to dislike. But I, I I think that there's, like, the two kinds of hate-watching. There's, like, the hate-watching of the thing that's going to make me, like, enraged because it is pressing on a certain button versus the thing that just, like, it's going to be bad and I'm going to have a bad time watching it because it just isn't good mm-hmm. and it's not like bad the... to the point of being funny yeah. although honestly right. that is a trend of like we're gonna watch bad movies on purpose i feel like there's not quite as many movies that are good for that as people think there are personally house the room i got drunk um, watched and watched the room for the first time a few years ago maybe like five or six years ago best experience yeah. i've had in my entire life that movie is awful but that experience—it is difficult to get through. That experience when you're drunk and you're watching people who've never seen it before, and it's a good time. So much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Um, I was gonna say on hate watching uh, that I was going to say 
I don't do things that I know are going to piss me off, but then I know that like I will get stuck at a hard part on a video game and I'll turn it off and walk away. And then two days later, I will pick up that game knowing that I'm about to just be angry for an hour while I struggle through it. Um, and so I can't say that I don't do things to piss myself off, but with watching things, I'm not going to hate watch something where I'm going to like sit down and just know that I'm going to have a bad time and feel bad about it and feel bad afterwards. Like that doesn't make sense to yeah, me. No, that, that's, a um, solid, that's a solid question. Like, do you go back and rewatch things you don't like after a certain amount of time or are you just like, it, it's not good. I, so I'm just not going to do I it. I periodically, like I don't have like a set schedule, but kind of like when you go and try a food that you hated as a kid to see if you were right or not, like every now and then I'll go, like if someone gives me a convincing like explanation of what they liked, I'll go check something out again to see and like make sure that I didn't miss it the first time. And uh, but it's not something that I like actively seek out. I don't have a list of things that I hated to like check out again in five years. Gotcha. What about you, Jason? I've retried ketchup plenty of times. <laughs> don't hate it. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point you're like, I was right. Yeah. Validated, you know, just validated. That's fair. I feel that every time I watch the last Jedi, I give it, I do. I'm telling you, I give it a try every year. I, I rewatch all the Star Wars movies and every single time it still hits me the same, the same way. It's the every casino, single time. isn't it? Cantlebite, that's a rough scene. Leia giving up, <laughs> Leia, Leia giving up in the K for me, I think is like the biggest. Yeah. I also like, no, I, like I don't go into most things. Like if it's something that I know I'm going to get mad at because it's like a concept that pisses me off or it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's got something going on that I know is going to make me mad. I'm not going to go and watch it or play it or consume it. What happens more often is that I'm not expecting anything yes. and I then I get mad. And that's why I'm a professional hater. It more than anything is like I, I have the capacity to get to to hate on anything mm-hmm. pretty easily. What, 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 <laughs> and like, what was the last bad movie you saw that you went in there with zero expectations and was still like, ugh, professional hater mode activated? Different scales of it. For sure. The la the like the the big one where I like went in with a totally open mind and was hoping for the best was Carmen back in March, I think it was, right? Where like I wrote thirty two hundred words in an article called Exactly Why Carmen twenty twenty three is the worst version in hundred and forty eight years after I watched it and it was true. <laughs> like, um the one before that too, I, I think a lot about the movie close from last year, the one of the international Oscar nominees mm-hmm. um, from Belgium, I think it was that I went in knowing nothing about it, except that there was some kids and there were queers and I hated it with all of my guts. Like I, I, I got all of the buttons in me pushed wrong and just spent the whole walk two and a half miles home typing oh, up all no. of my rage about it <laughs> excellent like <laughs> yeah. like every once in a while i'll get one of those but those are because they like they push all the wrong buttons i don't expect it going in which is why i see it in the first place and then i watch close and it does all these things that i hate <laughs> like yeah. as concepts as as ways of movie making and storytelling as as humanity like carmen betrayed everything about what is carmen and i was not thrilled about it especially because Paul Mescal deserved better in his first movie after being nominated for an Oscar. But like on a, on a more practical scale, like, I don't know. I, my feelings like 
I review for the site a good number of just like random Netflix movies throughout the year. Mostly I pick up the ones that are international romances, comedies, dramas. Mm -hmm. They're like not a lot of reviews about them beforehand. No one really knows that they exist. And so I don't go in with any expectations almost ever other than just like the general expectation yeah. that Netflix movies aren't always the greatest, but sometimes there's gems. So it's kind of, it's a neutral expectation. And I will often go in, watch it, give it somewhere between a four and a six, uh, not always, sometimes higher, sometimes lower, but also have a perfectly fine time having watched it. Like I'm not mm -hmm. mad for having watched a four out of 10 movie in that way where it's just like, it just wasn't good. It didn't make me yeah. mad. It didn't do things that were bad. Uh, maybe there's one like moment at the end that was like, oof, it was going to be a five, but now it's a four, uh, kind of thing. But I'm not like, wow, I can't believe I wasted my time on this awful movie. That's not usually how it is. It's more just, I know what I'm getting into with the lottery of Netflix movies. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even a four and a half out of 10, I had fun. <laughs> like yeah. I love, I love my, uh, squared love trilogy of Polish rom-coms. They're all bad, but like, I, I enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Alex? I mean, you gen. I, I don't want to like to be as presumptuous, but I've talked to you a lot over yeah. the last few years. You liked just about everything we talk about, except for Fast Ten. That one really hurt me a little bit. But like, like I mean, what, that, what was yeah. the last movie that you went into and you were like, oh, because I, I feel like you go into, into movies pretty op optimistically, even if you know, usually, yeah, you know what what the the general consensus is <sighs> review wise from critics. I think the last time that I watched a movie that I was like, truly, I am let down by this and I hate it was, uh, and I should have expected it more, but I really didn't like either of the last two Halloween movies. And part of that is like how they handle the universe, the mythos, how they contradict themselves and then try to back out of it. Um, characterization, like the cinematography isn't necessarily terrible, but just, it it did so much that I didn't care for and that I that I hated. There was one scene in the third in, in the last one and the third one that was so ridiculous that I like went and got my wife who does not watch horror movies and I was like just watch this just like just watch this like thirty second clip. I need someone else to see this, um, and to understand. And yeah, I think those those are probably the last and those are not particularly recent and I'm I'm trying to rack my brain of is there anything that more recently that i've been like actually i hated this but those those might be the big ones of like i i didn't think that the new halloween was perfect but i enjoyed what it was attempting and so those two were kind of a letdown and that it was like oh no you just kind of went further off the rails and not in a good direction um that that was probably the last one that i would say i like it it i hated this like i strongly disliked this yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think that's a lot back to like your personal experience of like dealing with like this franchise for so long. And then when it doesn't do what you want yeah. it to do, you're like, oh, well, I didn't like that. Right. I feel like I, yeah. I Jason, Jason reviews a lot of the, the articles that I do for like just trashy popcorn action movies. And that's how mm -hmm. I feel about a lot of things. That's how I feel about Expendables 4. I thought Expendables 4 was just awful, 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 more awful than you would think about going into an Expendables movie. And I think a lot of the reasons why yeah. I didn't like it is because it just threw out all of the things that make that franchise great in mm -hmm. terms of like what makes that franchise great, right? 
Yeah. And I, and I think it's why I didn't like Fast 9 as well. Like, these these movies do these things. You, you go in there with a certain expectation of, like, this is what you're going to get. And then when you subvert mm-hmm. that in, in a way that's, like, so left field from, like, what you did to lead up to this point, for me, throws me off a whole lot. Even on even on franchises. Yeah. And I think it hurts me even more with franchises that I really go in thinking, oh, I'm going to love this movie. And then when it's bad, I think it hurts me more than going in with, like, lower expectations and then be like, okay, yeah, that, that, that actually was bad. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Certainly don't want to imply that you have to have a nuanced or well-explained reason for why one does not like something, but... Oh, yeah, sometimes something just doesn't sit with you and it just sucks. Yeah, sometimes it's just, uh, I can't explain it. It just wasn't for me. Like, everyone's, like, eating a meal where they're like, it was fine. And everyone else is like, what are you talking about? You're like, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Like, it's fine. Yeah, and and I don't care enough or I'm not interested enough to try to, like, mm-hmm. figure out why. I don't need to interrogate every thought I have. That's but that's important I, and something people need to hear. Can you say it one more time? <laughs> yeah, not, not everything needs to be overthought and, and highly interrogated. Don't overthink everything. But But something I do appreciate about, like, what our reviews can do and what what we can do as people is that like when expendables four came out and i was editing your article about it we did go back and forth a bunch of times about me trying to pull out the like i get that you don't like this but why (laughs) like we went back and forth specifically on the you're describing how it doesn't feel like what the movies in this franchise feel like but like Mm -hmm. what is why is that a bad thing? And why why does that bother you? Why is that detracting from your enjoyment of it? Because it's a perfectly valid criticism, but yeah. sometimes we like unfortunately live in a world where you have to be uber articulate to defend every mm-hmm. opinion you have. But also like I, I think it's nice to be able to when it, when you're interested in it and want to have that level of conversation to be able to like say yeah. exactly what it is about this that you are not vibing with no like, yeah not, again you don't you're not obliged we should not be obliged to have to do that all the time mm-hmm. but i enjoy when we can and when it happens and i enjoy it personally and i personally enjoy when you review my things especially for things like this because you're like okay well like well why like you have this strong feeling like why and i think that's like the conversations that mm-hmm. if you were having these conversations in person conversations that we, we would have right but for me yeah. as someone who's like been involved in, in, in the the series for so long my assumption is that people who go into these movies have watched all of them but that's just not how it yeah. is, right? It's just not how it is in, in, in this day and age. So you have to like be like, hey, look, mm-hmm. this is bad because of X, Y, Z. And I think that's why like reading reviews of things like the Marvels from people from Kate and, and Suara were like, they didn't like this movie because of some pretty valid reasons. So I can mm-hmm. definitely understand that. And it's going to you know pers- have my perception go into that. Having not having that kind of level of connection with these characters the way that they do. Similarly, yeah. you know, as stupidly as like my connections to like Expendables characters, but you know, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But it's those kind of conversations that like should be had. If we were having those conversations in, in person, Jason, I imagine you'd ask me those same kind of questions, which I think makes it. If I hate the thing, I have to have a reason why I hate the thing. I think that's the biggest thing, right? If you hate it, yeah. you got to have a reason why you hate it. You can't just hate it just because you hate it. That's weird. That's weird. You got to have a reason why mm-hmm. it's not good. You don't have to have a reason. You don't have to tell me all the time. But why is the spice of life, you know, the 
Yeah. Be, being able to express yourself is is cool. And well, that's <laughs> what I was going to say is I think a lot of this for me is like letting people hate things and hating things, like letting yourself hate things um, and also letting yourself like things and letting other people like things. This is how you know your taste. It's how people have a sense, like it, it's how you develop that. And it's, and not that there's anything wrong with mass appeal, but it's how we beat mass appeal. Because like part of what's happening with like Marvel movies is that they are just pushing for mass appeal. They don't care about the fact that like some people liked Winter Soldier because it was a spy thriller. They just want everyone to like Winter Soldier. So if they were to make it today, I don't think it would quite look like the same movie. And like there are going to be things that everybody likes, but like if you don't let yourself hate something or or even explore and understand why you disliked something like you won't develop that that refinement to your palate. Like, not that everyone has... And again, I'm railing against mass appeal here, but, like, you should know what you like and what you don't like and seek out the things that you like and, and find the things that are similar to them and understand why you didn't like the things that you don't like. I mean, to go back to the eating thing, like, figuring out which ingredients you don't care for and then knowing, like, a dish or a recipe that has a lot of that isn't going to work for me. Right, I mean, you know what ingredient I'm really not into? Yeah. <laughs> ketchup ketchup <laughs> yeah still like vinegar okay see and i was like there's no way you're gonna be able to tell me why but you told me you don't like vinegar that makes complete sense why Here's you don't like ketchup thing. like what that I'm, makes complete sense like just just ask pine, but... just ask the why because like jason said it's yeah. a spice of look life. it's taking me it's taking me years to understand that that is specifically why i don't like it but you know I, i'm a person who will try to interrogate things mm-hmm. and be critical about it. Not about everything under the sun. Always. I would literally be crushed under the weight of infinite mm-hmm. possibilities. But like I, I have often been chided for my dislike of ketchup and uh, eventually just realized, uh, you know, thinking about it for a long time that, Oh wait, I also don't like, you know, balsamic vinegar. I don't like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> anything that's vinegary. That's really what it yep. is. I just don't like, uh, I, I like a lot of other things. just don't like that. What's funny is you just named the two, the only two instances of vinegar that I tolerate are balsamic and ketchup and any other form of vinegar <laughs> I cannot stand. And that's okay. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that, Adrian. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, any any closing thoughts or should we wrap it up and get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think my closing thoughts are, I, I think, just surround yourself and, or attempt to r- surround yourself with people who let you have conversations like this, where you can have someone who says they hate mm-hmm. ketchup, they hate Fast 10, and you can be like, okay, that's fine, even if you love those two things. And understanding why they don't like those things, I think, is more important than anything. Uh, God, man, Jason, I love, like, why is the spice of life? Like, why you don't like those things? Why you don't like ketchup? That little moment right there, just, you know, everything, I think, encompasses why these conversations are important and how they can be diffused from, like, toxic fanboy bullshit just by asking simple questions and just being a normal person and not just jumping to, oh, you hate that thing? Bad. You're 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 also mm-hmm. bad for not liking that thing, or you like that thing. I hated it, so you're also bad. I think that there's just a nuance that just has to happen. That I know that we're not going to fix in this podcast, but at least in yeah. our community and the people that we talk to, I think it adds a level of value to know that you know Jason can like ketchup, Alex can hate one of my favorite movies of the year, and it'd be okay. 
because you respect <laughs> them and you know that they're just people yeah. and they have their own tastes. Some people don't like vinegar, you know? Totally. I, I mean, I get what people enjoyed about it. I just also didn't need to see Jason Momoa play the Joker. Like, personally. Oh, no, I needed it. I loved it. I loved that <laughs> so much. It was on my wish list. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I'm a big time hater, but I, I'm also like, I, I love so much. Like, first of all, there's nothing I love more than when other people are excited about things. Like, I, I other people being happy makes me happier than mm-hmm. anything practically. And also, I, I have, you know, as I'm sure we understand really varied and weird interests and like a Mm -hmm. lot of things i I love a lot of things as much as i have the capacity to dislike them to me the like my closing thought is just like the answer to hating stuff the answer to being pre-haters to being uh just fanboy i only like things this way and i will only talk about them this way the answer to all that is not toxic positivity either and no. we didn't really we didn't get into it specifically and we don't really need to get into it any further than just to say like it's okay to dislike things it's okay to be critical of things and the trend of the last three to five years of toxic positivity where we will only talk positively about these things we will not be haters and we will heap praise regardless of whether there are legitimate things to be critical about or concerned over uh, I don't. I don't think does anybody a service either. <laughs> I think it shuts out people who don't feel positively. It shuts out people who have like genuine concern over something, like beyond criticism, like that 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 they don't appreciate the people behind it or the things that they stand for, or the comments people have made, things like that, or just like just as a whole. Yeah. I don't know. Toxic positivity generally it's it's covering up something else a lot of the time and that's not helpful either you should be able to defend why you like something just as much as you're able to defend why you don't like something and if you're able to like to say you like something just because it's like this franchise doesn't do that franchise any justice because they're just gonna keep putting out garbage yeah i'm all for just radical earnesty honesty openness love to hear it. <laughs> share how you feel <laughs> and be open to how other people feel Agreed. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know that I really have anything to add. It's just know what you like, know what you don't like. I, like understand yourself is really what I'm pushing for here. Like this, this turned into a therapy thing of like what you should be interrogating in all of this is yourself um, and seeking to understand yourself and doing so through art and media. Uh, but yeah, I know. I just think it's like and to understand others. through Yeah. And yeah. To, yeah, to seek to understand other people. But yeah, I think that does it for this week. Before we go, do you guys have any articles that you want to plug or media to recommend? Adrian? Yeah. Um, at the time of this recording, we're just uh, maybe a week or so outside of the release of Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I'm doing some character guides. So if you've never watched Yu Yu Hakusho before, I know it's been out for a long time, but if you've never watched the anime, I'm doing some character guides to kind of get you caught up on what you can expect from some of these characters. And that's probably the biggest thing that I have coming out here in the next uh, couple weeks. So Yu Yu Hakusho, go see it. It's great. And if you don't like it, I don't like you. Just kidding. What I want to recommend that I'm currently enjoying. Well, okay. So for better and for worse, there's Monarch New Legacy or Monarch Legacy of Monsters on uh, Apple TV, which is just a TV show set in the Godzilla Kong universe as it currently exists. Uh, it's not the best scripts I've seen, but there's a Godzilla, and I care about that. Um, so I mean, I like it because it's a big lizard who does smashes. 
Um, and then also for all mankind is back. And I really like that show. It's a, another Apple TV show. I had another thing I was going to recommend and it completely escapes me. Um, but, uh, yeah, just th- those two shows, those have been great. Very, very fun to watch. Um, and if you haven't watched for all mankind, just start from the start. It's, you know, 10 hours per season. So you're looking at 30 hours of television to catch up, but you can do it. I believe in you. Look, I also, right before Jason finishes this off here, I am an avid, I didn't even, I'm, I'm surprised I forgot about this. I am an avid season eight hater of Game of Thrones. Avid, avid. I went from mm-hmm. like the being the biggest supporter to the biggest hater in the span of however many weeks that, that, that season was. I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now with my wife. The show is so good. If you hated Game of, if you hated season eight Game of Thrones, you've never gone back to it, go back to it. Go back to it. Go back to season eight? No, no. Go back to rewatch oh, it. Okay. Go back to rewatch it. Maybe stop. Again, like we said before, stop when you're stop when you're not having fun anymore. But until you're having fun, ugh, show is so good. Show is all so right. good. Go back and revisit it. I know it's all a huge drop off, but please, please go back and revisit Game of Thrones because it's great until it's not. Cool. And Jason? I'm always watching and doing a million things. I've got part of a European Union film showcase event where a lot of the big like European submissions to the Oscars will be showing and we'll have a bunch of reviews from from those movies coming up soon. But my exciting announcement for today is that we have a brand new Patreon exclusive show that just came out. It's called I Bet You Haven't Seen This. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's where I'm going to go through a couple of different movies that came out on streaming, in theaters, on DVD, uh, things that are leaving streaming platforms soon, accuse you of never having seen it, challenge you to tell us that you have, and tell you why you should if you haven't and where you can check it out before it's too late whether it's because it's leaving theaters or it's leaving the platforms it's streaming on or, you know, an evil CEO decides that it wants to can it forever. It's been pretty fun so far. Our first episode's got reviews of five different movies that I hope that you have seen. I bet you haven't. Some of them, by the time you're hearing this, it's not in theaters anymore, but they'll be on streamer soon, hopefully, most of these. We're talking about Maestro, which might still be in theaters some places, but it'll be on Netflix in the near future. We talked about some Oscar submissions, a documentary from the Criterion channel that, by the time, again, you're hearing this, it's not on Criterion anymore, but you can find it other places, so still worth a listen, even if it's a little bit later than the initial release date. We talked about my literal favorite streaming movie of the year, Forgotten Love, Polish Romantic Epic, please watch that one if you haven't and yeah just generally i I hope it's going to be a fun time for people to find out about things from me from other but why though members that you know maybe you haven't seen or you've heard of it but you're not sure how to catch it or why you should and will they always be positive recommendations of course not we just talked for an hour about why sometimes hating things is good but always going to be things that are interesting in that i bet you haven't seen it yeah, I, I listened to the first episode. I really liked it. And again, going back to that, articulating what you liked about it and why it's interesting and what's worth engaging. Like, yeah, it's good. Definitely recommend people check it out. And if it's from a professional hater, you got to know it's, you know, somewhat decent, right? At least in my head. If you yeah, hater, if, hater if Jason, approved if Jason content. telling me that he likes something, I'm going to go see it. So for sure. Look, and I loved Maestro. It's seen in the theater now if you can while it's still in theaters because the like 
just for the soundscape of it. Oh yeah. You know, it's a movie about a conductor and all of the move, all of the music in the movie is Leonard Bernstein music. So like if you can catch it in theaters while you still can, it's going to sound amazing, but it's coming to Netflix later in December, one way or the other. And nice. I, I know not everyone out there has loved it the way I have, but man, I love that movie. It yeah. You're the way you talked about it sold me on it. I was like, I need to go check this out. Uh, but yeah, if you liked what you guys heard here and you want more, you are in luck because we are basically everywhere. Um, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, Discord. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, retweet, join, I guess, is what you do for Discord. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. And you can also kick us some money on Patreon, which is where you'll find uh, all subsequent episodes, I believe. Of, uh, I bet you haven't seen this. And um, that keeps the site going, keeps us doing what we're doing, making the content you're enjoying um, and explaining why we do and don't like things, which is critical. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at most always Alex and Adrian, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me primarily on Twitter at Super Reese 93 S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. All right. And Jason? I'm still on Twitter. Flatter underscore U F L A T T E R underscore Y O U. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Why did you say that name? Mm-hmm.